Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome to another hour of the Golf to Go radio show here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa. My friend uh, Scott Marsh is beside me, and uh, Scott, we have another fully packed show. There's there's never time for you and I to kind of talk about what we want to talk about in terms of our particular games, but the, the great part is we get some great information from some other people about golf throughout Northern California. That is true, and in my case, they don't really want to hear what I have to say about it, so that's <laughs> that's fine too, but it's such a big week for golf. You got the Open going on, maybe the greatest Open ever being played the most significant one. You have the local PGA tournament with the Barracuda taking place up at Truck at, at Old Greenwood. And then, of course, we just played in the media day for the Fortnite Championship that's being held at Silverado. So, I mean, you couldn't have more golf right now than we do, Frank. Yeah, and the great part about the Open certainly is is all of the uh, underlying stories that uh, that are involved in this particular one. Some good, some bad, but... Uh, how about the picture of Tiger and Jack on the bridge together? That was that was a, an iconic photo, and um, you know you get you got to believe that that they both were getting you know goosebumps over that photo. Amazing, you know it's it's uh, it's kind of uh, sad to kind of realize how how much Jack's body has shrunk over the years. You know you <laughs> see photos of him um, next to his wife Barbara, and you can tell you know, how much, um, you know, he's lost in terms of height, but, uh, um, boy, I tell you, I still wouldn't want to bet him on the golf course. <laughs> Absolutely not. I believe Jack's 82 and, uh, as great as that picture was maybe him becoming an honorary citizen at St. Andrews, only the third American next to, uh, the great Bobby Jones and, uh, Benjamin Franklin. That was pretty special too. It was very special. So, uh, as you say, a lot, a lot to see, a lot to watch, a lot to hear, and uh, we will get started uh, in a moment right after these messages with Darren Howard, PGA Director of Golf from the Incline Village Golf Courses. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Scott Marsh is uh, sitting beside, and uh, we are welcoming Darren Howard. Darren is the uh, PGA Director of Golf and Community Services at the Incline Villages Golf Courses. There's uh, two courses up there. They have a championship course and a mountain course, and uh, both will give you enough challenge that uh, after the end of the day, you'll go, yeah, I was playing golf today. Hey, Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, mountain golf, obviously, um, you have a shortened season. Um, you know, most courses up there open sometime in May and, and maybe go through October. So you you got to make hay while, while it's time to do it. So I'm, I'm guessing you, you have a lot of people coming through there. Absolutely. Right now, I think through the end of the month, just about every day is booked solid. Uh, especially with golf being so popular right now because of COVID. Uh, that was like we were talking earlier. That's the one good thing that probably came out of it is we've got so many people that used to play golf that are coming back. They're bringing new people in. So we're staying really, really busy. You know, it brought up the question uh, in my mind, thinking as a as a resort course, basically, um, do you get a lot of people that haven't played much and and find themselves kind of you know, over challenged by what they have to offer there? 
Well, we do. And that's why we, you know, we do offer um, and suggest a lot of times the mountain course. It's even though it, it can be very tricky and difficult, it, it's a lot shorter. You're hitting more irons. Um, there's two par fours on each side and all the rest are par threes. It's par 58. But uh, like I said, it's a challenge, but it's much easier to navigate your way around. Yeah, less shots too. <laughs> Absolutely. And then our starters and rangers and our golf shop staff do a really good job of making sure that people first time playing here know exactly which tees to play. We we have, I think, seven or eight different combination of tees that, that individuals can play. So, and our starters and rangers are really good. And throughout the round, sometimes you'll see people moving up or back a little bit based on that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm detecting a little bit of an accent, and I know you've been at some some great clubs uh, prior to uh, being here at Incline Village. You've been here three and a half years now, and um, so tell us a little bit about Darren Howard and, and how you got from there to here. Well, as you can probably tell, I grew up in Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, um, and right as soon as I graduated college, I went straight to Hilton Head and worked. That's where I started my golf career, worked there for 10 years, I was at two great clubs there, Long Cove and Colica River, which are both really highly rated in South Carolina. And then I went from South Carolina, the, the uh, owner of one of the developments that we did there, Long Cove, took me to uh, West Palm Beach and we opened up the Dye Preserve, which is a really good golf course. Uh, and then I went back to Hilton Head to go to work at Colica River. Then I came back to Tennessee because it, right outside my hometown, they were building a new development. Uh, called Blackthorn Club. Uh, so I was there for quite a while. I, went, I was there from the dirt up. I tell people, look, when I got there, there wasn't even a paper clip. So it was literally <laughs> dirt all the way. And I felt like I had taken that club as far as I could and got a great opportunity to go work in Houston at a club called Houston Oaks, which is now the number two ranked golf course in Texas. So wow. that was that was a really fun project. Uh, that was right about the time that a lot of golf courses were trying to bring more of the family atmosphere back in. So we, we had, we had a gun club. We, we had uh, 17 fishing lakes. So we had a, we had a place called fish camp. Uh, we had lodging. We had two pools. Um, we had a wine club, just all kinds of things. So that was really fun. And then um, I think my last three years, I went through Hurricane Harvey. That was that wasn't great, and and it just felt like my last three years there. Just it, it, I know it didn't, but it felt like it was raining just every day. So, and then this opportunity came about to be over a lot more than golf, also. And I thought, you know, this is such a great area to kind of end my career. I hope so. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've been in a lot of great places, played with a lot of great people and uh uh it's been fun and uh you you're here at at, at uh, incline village and and we were talking earlier you you're pretty excited about coming to work every day yeah it's it's such a great place it's, it's funny i tell i've gone totally opposite you come up here it never rains you know i can count on one hand how many times it might rain during the summer and um that's just in and out and gone uh the weather's beautiful and you know, of course, you get the snow skiing in the uh, in the winter months, and and I'm kind of fortunate. I actually live down in Reno, so I have about a 30 minute drive every day, which is great. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't like coming up and down Mount Rose, but to me, it's 
it's my time in the morning to get things done. And then as I go home, I kind of get to decompress a little bit and great views every day. Let's talk about the two courses. Uh, let's talk about the championship course first. You know, I, I know George Archer used to, when he was alive, he, he lived up there at Incline Village and that was kind of his home course. And uh, uh, his wife, Donna, talks uh, very glowingly about uh, about their time up there. So tell us a little bit about the championship course. I'm standing on the first tee. What can I expect? Yeah, now the championship course is... Um... It's a really good golf course. You're going to use almost every club in your bag. We The first five holes sort of play uphill, and then it starts to gently go downhill after that, and then the last couple of three holes play back uphill. But it, it's mountain golf, uh, tree line, so you got to be accurate. Uh, and you got to be accurate off the tee. you got to miss the trees, miss the bunkers. Uh, the fairways are fairly generous, though. And, and the greens are, I think, the golf course's biggest defense. Our golf course superintendent, Jeff Clothier, does an amazing job. He's been here, I think, right at 20 years now. So he's yeah. he's got these greens dialed in year after year after year. And if I'm going to give you one piece of advice, stay below the hole. <laughs> Don't ever get above the hole. I, I and then we've got, you know, there's there's probably five, six holes that you get a really good view of the lake. So um, it, it, it is a beautiful golf course. And it's just it's fun to play every day. And, to, you know, if you play the correct set of tees, you're going to have a good day. You're going to be able to score well. And if you don't, you're not going to play so well. Yeah, it, it's, it's very relaxing playing that course as well. I, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me, I want you to hit it above the hole. That's the best place to be. <laughs> Maybe on a golf course that's rolling about a six, seven, or eight on the step meter. That yeah. might be okay. Uh, the mountain course is a shorter course, um, but still, I mean, full of challenge. Yeah, the, the mountain course, um, we've, we've talked briefly about it, but the name is uh, appropriate for that golf course because it really does wind all through the mountains. It's our highest uh, – elevation point here i think it's right at 6700 somewhere right right in that range so you get um you get the elevation you get you get a lot of really good views up there and as as we talked about earlier you're going to use a lot of different clubs um it's not very stressful there's a couple of par threes that play a little long but most of the time it's it's all doable and it's really good place to practice and hone in your iron game. And if, if you're a beginner, I don't care if you're a man or a lady or a junior, it's a really good place to, to go. And it's not going to stress you out too much. And you're going to be able to play in under four hours. I mean, we, we try to make sure everybody plays in three hours up there. So you're, and you can play even faster if you're a better player. So um, it, it, it's, it's it's a great challenge though. People go up there and think they're just gonna just shoot a really <laughs> low score, and it's amazing. Everybody, I don't care how good the player they all come off and go, "Wow, that was a lot tougher than I thought." <laughs> Scott, have you played either one of the courses? Unfortunately, it's one of the few courses I've not played in the area. So, Darren, I absolutely have to get out there. But my first thought was, if I could just shoot par on the mountain course, I could tell everybody I shot a fifty-eight, and that sounds pretty good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, you're gonna have to come up and see it. I can't wait to do that. You know, I should have talked to you a few months ago. I made a trip to Hilton Head, a golf trip oh. back in the spring. Unfortunately, I didn't play any of the courses that you were at. Uh, had a chance to to play some other great courses, the Pete Dye courses at Sea Pines and oh, yeah. 
of course, where the uh, tournament's held as well. I'm losing the name of it with the lighthouse. The yes, exactly. Played there, and that was a lot of fun. But, you know, that's such a great area for golf, Hilton Head. And we don't necessarily talk a lot about great golf trips, but for people in this area, that certainly is one of them. No, absolutely. If you've never been, it's it, it should be on your bucket list because there's so many good golf courses yeah. there. And yes, there's a lot of private clubs there, but there's so many accessible golf courses too. And it's, it's really good golf. Now, people that come from this area that play in the mountain or higher elevations, it's a little different. You're at sea level, so the ball doesn't go quite as far and you have to learn to hit the ball low there. Um, but it, it's great. I was actually there uh, late. I was, I think, mid to late March playing in a golf tournament. So um, it was good to get back. I hadn't been back in a few years, so. It, it made me a little homesick. A little. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a great part of the country, certainly for golf. Um, you, you talked about uh, just, you know, how the ball travels. Certainly it travels a lot differently in that part of the country than it does where you're at. So I always like to ask, what do you feel like the, the difference is in terms of what you gain? It, it, most people use 10% as a barometer when you're playing up in the mountains. Do you, do you feel like that's fair? Do, is that just a universal number or do you have to really – equate it from a shot by shot basis i think you have to equate it a shot by shot basis because you can also be the air's thinner but you can also be hitting some shots downhill so now it's a lot more than 10 percent. i mean it's 20 25 30 percent at sometimes but where i have found i am just now getting a little bit comfortable with the yardages it was really tough coming from houston because it's right at sea level and my first year here, I'm just flying it over everything. And I'm even trying to gear down and still flying it. And then you get scared to swing. And then that's when the really bad shots start yeah. to happen. But where I've found the biggest difference is in the driver. Um, you can hit the, the drivers much more than 10%. Okay. And then it actually goes down from there. I, I think, you know, my wedges, it's, it's probably 10% or less because you're, you're going more by, and I've learned to just go more my feel that way. Yeah. But it's a club to a club and a half uh, iron difference for me, for sure. Sometimes two clubs, depending on where you're at and what the circumstances are. But, yeah, I, I really do think that it's it's more of a shot by shot. Okay. Then that, that seems to make sense. It was really interesting over the weekend watching the tournament, the American Century Championship, you know, up at Edgewood. Such a great event. You have the Barracuda up there this week as well. Tony Romo was talking like, well, if I flight the ball a certain way, it's 12%, but if it's lower that it's 8%. I mean, just how dialed in they were at that level. Yeah. That's uh that's somebody's got too much time on their hands. You know? <laughs> I'm a golf professional and I can't even tell you that. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, it's I'm more old school though. So I go more by sight and feel. Yeah. It's definitely but, wonky golf, but I, I love that conversation. Um, I'm curious. And you, the answer is probably all of them. But if you had to tell us what your signature hole up there is, the you know the one or two that people really want to take a, a a photo from, what would it be? Well, if you're going to take a photo, for sure, hole number seven. Uh, okay. We've actually, if you go on our website and look, we've had tons of pictures taken. When I got here, I had an outline of the lake done. So it's actually a photo spot for people. And I'm on the website now. So the, the photo you have on the front of the mountain, the championship course, excuse me, is number seven. It's, yeah, I, I think lake. it is. And it's, it, it, you can see all the way down to the lake. Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, we're, we're in the process this 
next kind of off season, the superintendent and I, that the bunkers that are out in that fairway used to spell USA. The oh, wow. It's kind of gone away a little bit through the years. So we're going to try to get that back a little bit more, but it, that is just the, probably the best photo op in all of Lake Tahoe, really. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. It's beautiful. I can't wait to see it in person. You know, you, you talk about uh, the, the fact that you just put a tournament out. So you do tournaments, you do banquets and, and everything. Just the fact that you're in the mountains doesn't make you any different than, than any other golf course. So if uh, a tournament, you know, probably doesn't have to be anywhere near what we think of as a, you know, 90 to 120 players. If, if I've got uh, six or eight groups and want to come up, you probably could set me up, I would think. huh? Absolutely. And, and, but we do, we do let, people know that you probably need to let us know six months minimum in advance because we stay, you know, we have a lot, all of our residents here, we have five different resident golf clubs here. So you could, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we, we have their events. Uh, Fridays are normally just straight golf and so are Saturdays, but we do a lot of, of outside events in the shoulder season. So May to mid June and then mid September to closing in October. But yeah, yeah, we do, we do a lot of 20, 30, 40 player, uh, you know, even down to 12 players. Sure. Well, do yourself a favor, uh, two, two distinct, uh, different golf courses, uh, the mountain course and the championship course at incline village, Going up there and uh, say hi. Well, actually, if you can get a tea time. <laughs> yeah. But say hi to Darren Howard, the PGA Director of Golf and Community Services. And uh, we wish you nothing but success uh, through October. And then uh, you figure out what to do after that, Darren. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, you need to come see me. Look forward We're to coming it. Up. We're definitely coming up, Darren. All, All right. right. Golf to Go continues right after these messages. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. The Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sports 1140, um, uh, Sacktown Sports 1140. You know, we changed the brand, and I, you know, someday I'm going to get that right. But uh, I am real uh, pleased to uh, to have as as guests on the show today a few people. Uh, Jeremy uh, J P McCarthy is a is a gold medal winner uh, in the Special Olympics golf competition. Uh, Tom Corlett was his partner. And uh, Tom is a, is, a, is a businessman here in town. We're going to talk about what that experience was like. And Tyler Krokmal is the uh, PR manager for Special Olympics for Northern California. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all for being with us here this morning. Thank you for having us. Thank Thanks for having us. You know, uh, Jeremy, you, you've become a, a little bit of a celebrity here uh, in Sacramento. I saw you on, uh, on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, being interviewed uh, at at the driving range there at Hagen Oaks, um, what what what's it like to be a, a gold medal winner? I'm excited and happy and proud. Yeah, I bet you are. How long have you been playing golf, Jeremy? Thirty two years. Wow, that's that's pretty remarkable. Thank you. Um, what's what's the best part of your game? Uh, driving. <laughs> you know everybody wants to hit the long ball right yeah. yeah um tell me about the experience about you playing with tom first of all what was tom like as a partner did he did he help you or was he you know kind of you were dragging him along <laughs> I, no i didn't i did not drag him along no he dragged him himself along <laughs> 
what was the, what was the competition like and and um and and how did you feel when you were competing were, were you nervous were you were you excited you know actually, what was actually i was not nervous i was just excited that's great so you um have been around um uh, the California Eagles, which is which is a program of uh, Special Olympics players uh, as well. Um, you're you're a coach for that program over at, at Hagen Oaks. Tell me about that experience. What's that like? I just coach different age groups for the people from California Eagles, and when Tom and I coach, I have the white team. Uh huh. And and her daughter is too. And we both do whatever they. Um, they do. So where where have you got your gold medal displayed? Have you got it in a in some prominent spot? Uh, no, it's it's at my own place. I yeah. live I live on my own. Okay, good for you. What would you say to um, to other Special Olympics athletes about uh, about getting involved in in um, in the golf, uh, in the golf? As, a, as a sport? Uh, it's fun. Uh huh. In the answer is um, I love everything about golf. I love to play it, to coach it, and to watch it. You got the bug, just like the rest of us, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tom, um, first of all, how did you get involved as as a partner in uh, you know in in the Special Olympics competition, and um, and and what was the experience like for you? Jeremy and I have played in the local Northern California Special Olympics alternate shot competitions for several years. We've been, we got started working with, with the California Eagles and that turned into playing in some of the Special Olympics tournaments. So we've done that for quite some time. And then uh, the Northern California chapter of the Special Olympics asked us to participate in Florida. So that's, uh, that's where it all got started. You know, um, you, I, I've played with you. You're, you're a pretty good player. And, um, and I, I asked Jeremy, <laughs> somewhat tongue-in-cheek, whether he was kind of dragging you along. But tell me about Jeremy's game. Well, Jeremy, like he said, he's a very good uh, with the driver. So in Florida, um, it was a nine-hole competition. And you had your choice, the the athlete being Jeremy, he could take the odd holes or the even holes. And it just so happened that all the even holes were par fours or par fives. So for all four days, he, uh, he teed off on the even holes uh, to take advantage of his driver. So uh-huh. that worked out pretty well for us. What Tom, if you had to, you know, uh, explain or, or describe the whole experience, um, yeah, you know, I, it goes much farther, certainly, than than just the competition in Florida. But um, tell me about that experience in Florida and and what it you know, what did it mean to the relationship with you and Jeremy? Well, we were gone for nine nights. So um, at first I was a little uh, apprehensive about the length of the trip, but Jeremy and I got along real well the whole time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Probably the the best part of uh, the experience for me was uh, seeing Jeremy win the gold medal. That was uh, was a lot of fun. So um, he was excited, and it uh, 
um, it was just a, a great experience for me to see that. So as a, as a partner to Jeremy, what, what was your role? I mean, does your, did your ball count as well? And was the, was there a team goal or, or did Jeremy just get the oh, goal? Oh, no, no. We had one ball. It was a pure alternate shot. Oh, wow. So, um, like I said, there was four days, uh, nine hole alternate shot competition. He teed off on all the even holes. I teed off on the odd holes and we just, we played until we hold it. So, we were both uh, hitting shots. So one ball, one score for, for our team. We're talking with Tom Corlett, who was um, the partner to, uh, to Jeremy McCarthy. Uh, Jeremy brought back a, a gold medal from Florida in the Special Olympics. Jeremy, what's, what's the, the memory that you'll always have about being in Florida with Tom? How, well, it's just winning the gold medal. Yeah, yeah it's just winning the uh, gold medal. That's about it. Yeah, well, that's 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 a pretty good memory, I would think. Um, Tom, what would you what would you say to others that are thinking, "Gee, that that sounds like uh, interesting. How how maybe I want to get involved with that." What, what what would you say to encourage people? Well, if you have a if you have an athlete who wants to participate in it, I'd say get them involved uh, in golf, whether it's the California Eagles or Special Olympics. And take them out and, um, and play a few rounds with them. Jeremy and I play over at Land Park oh, five or six times a year together. So I, I think that helps to get to know the, the athlete, um, know their game, and kind of see if you guys are compatible and if you're interested in, in trying it. Uh, sign up for uh, the Special Olympics alternate shot competitions. They have them once a year. Usually they're in the fall. But uh, I think that'd be a good way to get started, too. So, Jeremy, uh, since you've won gold medal, does that keep you from uh, entering again next year? Do you get to go back? Uh, not next year. It's like, like, like four, every four years. Oh, oh, okay. So would you be able to compete again? Yeah, I can, yeah. Oh, fabulous. All right. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, it's nice to have gold medal winners here in, in Sacramento. So uh, congratulations to both you and Tom. That, that, what, what a feat. Uh, Tyler Krokmal is the PR manager for the Special Olympics in Northern California. Tyler, um, from, from the, um, you know, from, from the folks at, at the Special Olympics uh, office, that had to be pretty exciting for the, to see them bring home a gold medal, huh? Absolutely. Um, it was amazing. We had, so this was our, our national games in Florida. So there were athletes from all 50 states and uh, a few uh, Caribbean countries as well. They're representing. So this was the, the best of the best in the, in the entire country. Um, so to see uh, Jeremy and Tom bring home gold for Northern California, for Sacramento, uh, was, was a really, really cool experience. I can imagine. And, and, and probably a lot of, uh, Congratulations, Pat's on the back, and uh, and and go get them, Sacramento, as well. Absolutely, yeah. We had uh, I think 20, um, 20 athletes total that went from um, all around Northern California, so in Sacramento, uh, all the way down to San Jose, Fresno, all around the the Bay Area, and um, and golf, uh, track and field, and uh, swimming. So we had a great great group that was there. Um. Tyler, we're having a little bit of problem with your mic. If you could move a little closer, that that probably would help. 
What, uh, what kind of support does Special Olympics need, um, you know, to keep these programs going? So we have, um, I'll think here, we, we have year-round programs here in Northern California, 11 different sports. So as, as Tom mentioned, golf is usually in the fall. Um, we have uh, soccer, basketball, swimming, um, 11 different sports, along with some health screenings, um, schools programs, and leadership programs. So all of these, um, all of these programs for uh, children and adults with with disabilities are completely free. So Tom mentioned nine nights in, in Florida, the travel, everything that was, um, it was all, all free for them. So that's a, an awesome, awesome opportunity. And, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's free for free, free for the athletes, not free in general. Right. So I mean, sure. Rely on that support from the community to make these, these experiences and these, you know, once in a lifetime things possible for, you know, for Jeremy, Tom, and, and thousands of others. Yeah, and there's probably absolutely no way to measure the effect that this kind of uh, competition has on the athlete and and what it means to to come to come home with a with a medal. Um, talk about you know what what the athletes get out of these uh, experiences. Yeah, well, so it's, I mean, it's really the opportunity to, to play sports. Um, you know, a lot of people grow up and they, they play sports in, in school or in their communities. And, and sometimes people with disabilities don't have those same opportunities. Um, so Special Olympics is, is welcoming um, whoever you are. We welcome you as you and, and celebrate that. So um, it's an opportunity to, um, to build physical, you know, fitness, try new sports. Uh, but then, as you mentioned, it's um, lifelong friendships. It's being accepted maybe when um, you haven't been before. It's finding like-minded people, uh, both athletes, coaches, volunteers, everyone who's here has such a big part. Um, you know, so those friendships and those experiences and that confidence that comes from trying something and, you know, maybe, maybe failing once or twice and then succeeding and winning a gold medal or crossing the finish line or, um, you know, we haven't they never swam before and jumping in the deep end of the pool is, you know, is a, a lifelong accomplishment. And the, the confidence and the, you know, self-worth uh, that happens from that, they can go out and go back to their communities um, and have jobs. And I mean, Jeremy lives by himself independently and all these awesome things that, um, really build those inclusive communities. So how can our listeners get involved to help? What, 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 what do you need? Probably money, huh? <laughs> <laughs> always, always donations, um, but also volunteers. Um, we have competitions, again, throughout the year, throughout um, in the Sacramento area. Um, it's a fun way you can, um, you can volunteer as a coach um, and, and be there for all season. You can, play a sport as a unified partner as, as Tom does uh, or you can come out one time to an event um, just kind of check it out volunteer and uh, we usually see people will keep coming back once they once they get a taste of it because it's a lot of fun um, there's a lot of joy and again we rely on those volunteers to keep our programs free of charge for all the athletes so um, you know any support um, volunteering or just come out and come out and cheer the athletes on that's a great first step just to check it out and and have a fun have a fun day 
Jeremy, what's it like when people are out there cheering for you? How's that feel? It was awesome and great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. if um, I, I think I probably asked you this once before, um, but I'm, I'm not sure I remember. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, you know, if you had to just name one thing that means the most to you about Special Olympics, what would it be? Um, friendship. Uh, friendship. So, yeah, just friendship. That's that's pretty strong. I mean, that's uh, we're all looking for friends, and obviously, you've got a great one there in in yeah. Tom Corlett, and I'm sure Tom Tom feels the same way about you, huh, Tom? Oh yeah, no, that's uh, I would agree with that. We got to meet a lot of great people from uh, all over the country, and uh, like I said, Jeremy and I have been doing the California Eagles for the last twelve years. And um, this experience just kind of built on our friendship together. Well, gentlemen, congratulations uh, to, to both of you. Uh, what, a, what a great accomplishment. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something you'll have forever, Jeremy, that, that gold medal and that friendship. Uh, those, those are both pretty good things. Tyler, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, letting us know what uh, Special Olympics has uh, to offer here in Northern California. We wish you all the best. And uh, appreciate you all being with us here on Golf to Go. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. We will be back with more right after these messages. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues on Sackdown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. And uh, we are welcoming uh, Bobby Naima. Bobby is the Cobra Puma uh, golf rep for Northern California and Northern Nevada, which is that's that's a pretty good territory, Bobby. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, you're up in uh, Reno right now, doing uh, doing a call and and uh, maybe trying to uh, to get some product out to to some of your some of your clients. That's absolutely right. Yeah, up here in Reno, uh, was at the golf mart earlier this morning, uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking to you guys about a little LTDX product today. You know, um, it's interesting over the past few years, uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, leaps that uh, that Cobra has made. It, it, it's just um, it, it's it's incredible the um, the way you're just sort of quietly doing it. And, um, you know, you've got some some uh, players on staff that, that that are playing your product and uh, it just seems to get better and better every year. And this year, the line is the. Um, LTD, uh, which sort of stands for uh, longest total distance, which uh, that's a that's a pretty good uh, thing to shoot for right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a bold statement that we made with the LTDX name, and um, what's unique about the LTDX family for us is we wanted something that um, you know was fast for everybody, right? So we wanted the fastest driver but not just for Ricky and Bryson, but your guys that are coming into their golf shops like Hagen Oaks, looking for more speed, looking for more distance. And we really feel like we achieved that with this family. You know, um, you, you talk about uh, faster and uh, that, that's an interesting uh, concept. Explain what you, what you mean about what, what happens when, 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 the club, when the club head is faster. What, what is, what yeah, is yeah, like? absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, the way we measure drivers these days it's all about ball speed right how fast the ball is coming off the face um there's rules the usga has the rna has on how thin we can make the face of these drivers so we're really limited 
um, when it comes to engineering and um, I don't want to say how tricky we can get, but how fast we can make these things. So we're always looking for ways to make these things faster. And we, we kind of found that the lowest hanging fruit within, you know, for golfers within the restrictions that we've been given is bringing down spin. Problem, you know, if you bring down spin too much, um, you know, bring down the loft too much, it becomes really unforgiving and you don't have enough speed to hit it. Um, get the ball launched like it's supposed to. And um, with the LTDX family, um, with there's three drivers within the line, we kind of found that secret sauce, uh, we like to call it, that, you know, gives the player who has a really high head speed, the low spin, a guy who has pretty good launch conditions, um, you know, isn't really high spin or too low spin. We have a middle kind of driver that fits that player. And then we have a max head, which is designed for the player who needs a little bit of help um, from the ball going to the right. Um, and the max head really does that. It's really remarkable when you think about the limits that, uh, you know, that the USGA places, uh, uh, on, on manufacturer clubs that, that each, each club manufacturer is able to find their own approach to, uh, to finding the, the maximum out of, out of their clubs. And, um, and yours certainly test, uh, I think they were gold on the hot list uh, for Golf Digest again this year. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, we got, we got gold in, in uh, all of our drivers. And, you know, it really is amazing. You know, I think um, we use artificial intelligence, machine learning to optimize the face. So one of the technologies in this driver, we call it hot face technology. So we've cre- created 15 separate zones within a driver face. So if you, if you were to kind of like, Imagine the face of a driver. Um, we split it up into 15 spots, and every spot we test, right? So if you hit it on the toe, generally the ball is going to go low and left. Or if you hit it on the heel, it's going to want to spin high and right. So within that face, we've really optimized every specific location. So when when a, the player is to hit it in that spot, it's you know a, achieving the maximum ball speed it can. Um, from that zone. So it's really incredible. You're absolutely right. And you've taken that technology through the entire line with the drivers, the irons, the, the fairways and the hybrids as well. You, you offer the, the complete package in the, in the new uh, LTDX. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, and I suppose we, you know, we, we shouldn't forget the fact that, um, <laughs> that uh, an incredible percentage of golfers right now are women, you know, women is the fastest growing segment and, and you certainly have uh, uh, the women's version of those clubs as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we, we definitely see that the women's segment in golf is growing and, you know, there's a common thing in golf for people have done for a lot of years called you know you shrink it and you pink it and you know make the color pretty but we really wanted to make a driver that was really designed for women their head speeds the right launch the right spin so um the ltdx product uh, max or the the middle driver the, the ltdx is is really just designed for women so it's it's not something that we've just made a little bit shorter and changed the colorway it's specifically designed for for that player type that's another interesting point because uh, for all of us, you know, men or women, if it's not attractive, you know, it's it's hard to uh, convince the mind that you're going to be able to hit it straight. So, so you know, whether you use the pretty or or uh, the word pretty or you know or uh, attractive or you know looks like it can hit the ball, uh, all of that really enters into how we actually end up picking a club. 
There's no doubt. There's no doubt. We have within the LTDX family, we have two color. Well, actually, I guess we have three color options. Um, some players like a matte finish to reduce glare. Some, some players like the gloss finish. We have um, a driver that it's kind of a blue head that has the gloss finish. Um, we have the matte black head. And then we have the new elderberry colorway that's uh, for women. And you're absolutely right. We have three options. And, um, you know, some people prefer one to the other. And um, it just it kind of inspires confidence. Sure. We're talking with Bobby Naima. He's the uh, Cobra Golf, uh, Cobra Puma Golf rep for uh, Northern California and uh, and uh, Northern Nevada. Um, Bobby, the uh, you know Bryson DeChambeau obviously uh, plays uh, the, the one length irons, and it created a, you know quite a lot of interest for your company a few years back when you came out with your first set of um, of one length irons. But I notice. Uh, on the website, you are still doing it. And um, they're all, if I understand it correctly, they're all kind of um, engineered uh, as, as if you were swinging a seven iron with every club. It's it's kind of repeating the same swing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, right? So with Bryson, um, you know, his swing has kind of changed a little bit over the years. You know, he went from like a single plane swing. And I think with his distance game, it's kind of changed a little bit. But, um, you know, when I first came on with the company, um, it was something that I was very interested in uh, just to try it out because I never tried it out. And it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I, uh, when I'm doing fittings all over Northern California, um, it's a great place to try these. We have the seven iron, we have the nine iron, we have the five iron and we throw it in a seven iron shaft and you're really able to see, you know, um, let's, let's be honest, you know, a five iron is a pretty hard club to hit for most people. So when you shrink that about an inch to a seven iron length, it becomes a lot easier um, that it's shorter, right? Um, and conversely, if you have a guy 6'2", 6'3", an athlete, maybe even 6'6", six, six, you know, a pitching wedge is pretty short for someone like from someone that tall. Um, and I always say if someone that's really tall, that's looking for, um, has a hard time maintaining their spine angle through their swing, it's a great option for those type of players. So it's one of those things where, you know, it may not be for everybody, but it certainly is for some some players. Um, I know Claude Harmon, son of Butch Harmon. He's one of a uh, one of our staffers. He swears by them, and so does Bryson. Um, I currently, I personally don't play them, but uh, that's not to say it's not worth giving it a shot. Oh, I think it's definitely worth a shot. You know, it, it's interesting. I I I had more more trouble, and, and trouble is not the right word. I, the I, I was more uncomfortable with the with the shorter irons than I was with the, you know, with the five iron, uh, the nine iron was tougher for me to hit than the five iron until I kind of figured out the length. And, sure. but, uh, but once, once you've, once you've grooved that swing, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Scott, have you ever tried the one length irons? No, but I try anything if it's going to cut my index a couple strokes. So I got to get, I got to get, I got to get a shot at this Bobby. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, one of the things that I noticed, uh, like you were just saying for Vegas is um, the law, the short irons, it's just awkward, you know, holding a seven iron with pitching wedge loft and you have that, you know, 130, whatever your pitching wedge number is. And you see the ball just go so high. Right. And you're like, well, I wasn't quite used to that. But then you get used to it. You kind of groove it. You know, I would say what I did is I took it um, on a golf trip and I just made myself play them for like four rounds. And by the end, I really enjoyed it. I really I really did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see where it would grow on you. Um you also um, came out with, uh, it's got to be the first, I would think, 3D printed putter series. Uh, tell us about that. 
Yeah, it's, it's really pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, you talk about 3D printing and the idea of it and you're like, okay, cool. It's made with 3D printers kind of, well, how does that help me, right? So the benefit of using a 3D printer is that you're able to make the putter very light, right? You're using materials that traditionally don't go on golf clubs. Um, and by doing that, we're able to put the weight where it matters, right? So with a putter, you want to put the weight in the corners, the edges um, of the putter to make it as forgiving as possible. So if you hit a little bit on the heel or a little bit on the toe, the face is, the blade isn't going to open completely or close completely, right? So by having this light body, right, and then having these heavy tungsten weights in the corners, um, you're going to have one of the most forgiving putters there is, right? So we make it in a few different shapes. Um, we have an arm lock version, we have a blade, we have a few mallet options. Um, so I, like I said, I would really recommend just going down to your local golf shop, giving it a try. You'll, you'll find them from the corral over at Hagen Oaks and Golf Mart, etc. Um, another thing that's, you know, really cool about these putters is the sick face technology. So, um, do you know anything about sick face guys? I do not. We're about to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sick face is a technology that Bryson's been using for a while. So the, the face of the putter um, has four zones and each zone is a different loft, right? So the top of the putter has four degrees and then it goes three, two, and one. So what happens is when you're putting, um, you know, there's really two things to think about, right? It's speed and your line, right? And if you can marry the two, chances are you're going to hold your putt. So by having this, the different lofts within the putter, um, you know, let's say you're going to hit your putt and you decel, right? That's a common thing. You don't hit the ball hard enough. Um, and typically when you decel, your hands kind of stop and your, the putter head keeps going and you're going to hit kind of low on the face. So that actually, that part of the face has the least amount of loft. So it's going to get the ball moving faster, right? And then if you forward press it or have the handle in front of the, uh, the club head, Typically, you don't have enough loft. So that, that part of the putter, actually, the top of the putter, has the most amount of loft. So the idea is to get the ball to roll at a degree and a half to have the ball speed. We're talking ball speed with putter. It's kind of weird, but it's actually really important. Consistent, right? So you want that ball speed to be the same every time. So the more and more you get used to this putter, the more consistent your ball speed is going to be no matter where you hit it on the face. So that's what sick face technology is, and that's incorporated in all of our putters. It's remarkable what uh, the manufacturers are doing to, uh, you know, to compensate for, for the issues in, in our game and, uh, you know, help us overcome, you know, maybe bad technique with putting or, you know, uh, 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 over the top swing with a driver or, or you know, what, whatever our ills happen to be, there's, uh, there's uh, some fixes w within the uh, design of the equipment. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, I was talking to um, a gentleman the other day. He was in his 60s. Good player, pretty good player. Um, and we're fitting for a driver. And I was just like, wow, you hit it pretty good. And he's like, yeah, I literally hit it further now than I did when I was 35. And this guy played college golf. I mean, this guy was a really good player. Wow. And just the technology and the speed and, you know, track man and getting the shaft right. Um, there's hope for us all out there. We just got to get the right, <laughs> the right product. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you're right. It's incredible. That is, that is the theme of the golf to go radio show. There's hope for us all out there. <laughs>
Bobby Naima from uh, Cobra Puma Golf, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Uh, you know, the uh, what, what we take out of this is you got to go out and try it. You know, every every club is a little bit different. They all feel a little bit different. And uh, those first few swings with, with any new club, you're going to have a, a pretty good indication of whether it's going to help your game. So thanks much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and um, good luck with, uh, with the show and ho- hopefully we can do it again. And that wraps up another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. For Scott Marsh, I'm Frank LaRosa. Please join us next week for more Golf Talk right here on Sacktown Sports 1140.